I became a mom 14 years ago. Caitlin is now 14 and uh, Jaden is now 10 years old. And I think many of you still remember when I joined the church, I was still young and single. And now I'm a mom of a 14-year-old girl. How amazing it has been in this journey. Motherhood really requires a lot of giving. I think all of us can relate to that. Our mothers continue to give selflessly. And I now as a mother also have to learn to give and to give to the best that I can. But in giving and in being a mother, motherhood also requires a whole lot of learning. Did motherhood come with a manual? No, it did not. So we have to learn as parents along the way to cope, to manage, to teach, to impart. But we learn those lessons. And some of the lessons that all of us learn which help us to grow, firstly, is a lesson to endure pain. Endure pain. If you can go through childbirth, you can go through anything in life. You go through pain. You go through being, 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 you learn to be more patient. One more bite. Just one more bite. Okay? Just one more bite. How many times we repeat ourselves? Just one more bite. And how many times we keep hearing our kids say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Mom, are we there yet? Five seconds later, are we there yet? Mom, are we there yet? How long more? How long more? How long more? <laughs> Until the day that they grow older and they become independent. We learn to be more patient. We learn to be more selfless. How many mothers here can relate when I say we have to share our child's food so that it doesn't get wasted? Yes, yes. To the point that you're like, I can't wait to order my own dish so I don't have to finish my child's dish. Mona, I don't know how many times you have to go through that, yeah? But praise God, we learn to be more selfless and we learn to try and love unconditionally. I remember a time when Jaden, if you remember Jaden when he was small, he was very chubby, yeah? Chubby and round, big eyes. He was four or five years old. And one day he came back from the babysitter and he was convinced that his hand was broken. He said, Jaden, move your hand. Cannot, mommy. Cannot move my hand. Jaden, your hand is not bruised. It doesn't look swollen. I think it's okay. Try and move your hand. No, he was convinced that his hand was broken. And so being concerned parents, Sean and I had to bring him to the emergency. You know, we had to arrange for Caitlin to be looked after and we brought him to the emergency ward, very, very worried and concerned for him. And then he had to be x-rayed because he would not move his hand even when the doctor asked him to. So he went into the x-ray room and because it's an x-ray, we also have to leave the room. So we had to leave him alone there. I have a picture, but it's not going to be shown. So sad, no, the face. So sad. And then we peer through the window and then his hand, he was convinced his hand was broken. But praise God for the wisdom and how we have smart husbands. Smart husbands. Because after he came out of the x-ray room, Sean thought of this. Sean, my husband, dropped a 50 cent coin. And when he dropped a 50 cent coin, Jaden's broken arm could move. And he could catch the hand. Thank God for smart fathers. But today it's about mothers. So fathers, you get your chance next month. So make sure you come back again, okay? Next month, we will celebrate Father's Day. And we learn more importantly to be forgiving, to be more gracious. And I think the best lesson that I learned being a parent and being a mother is that I begin to understand better 
the heart of our Heavenly Father. Being a mother has taught me how much our God, our Father, our Lord loves us. Amen? And today's message is faith lessons from a mom because moms are continually learning. Uh, continuing improve, improving and journeying together. And I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to learn from one particular mother in the book of Samuel. And I'd like the parents, if you're seated with your children, all to open your Bibles and let's read the passages together. You're not going to see the passage on the screen. So you've got to open your Bibles and we're going to journey into reading the Bible together as a family. Is that Okay. Yes, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2 to 7, we're going to read together. Let me first ask you this, who is the mother of Samuel? Hannah, her name is Hannah. So the mother that we're going to learn from today, her name is Hannah. And I want to read together with you from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2 to 7 about her life. If you have reached the scripture, say, I got it. Okay, let's read together. One, two, three. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penana. And Penana had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hopni and Pinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah, to sacrifice, he would give portions of his meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever, whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and could not eat. Now let me give you a bigger picture to what is happening here. In the time where Hannah lived, Israel was really in turmoil. In the time that Hannah lived was a time that we had just come through, the, they were still going through the, 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 the leadership of Judges. So in the book of Judges, it explains that people did what was right in their own eyes. In this moment is what commenters would say is a watershed moment in the history of Israel. A watershed moment means this, it is a significant turning point in history. So it's a watershed moment. People were away from the Lord. The Philistines, the, um, the enemy was becoming a greater threat to Israel. So the greater economy, the political scenario was not in good shape. And so it was a difficult time for the people of Israel. Priests had become, some priests had become corrupt. Going on to 2nd chapter of Samuel, you will find that the scripture describes the sons of Eli the priests were uh, scoundrels and they were mistreating the offerings. They were treating the Lord with contempt. And you find that politically, morally, and the religious leadership of the people of Israel was in disarray. It was a mess. And Israel might not survive this generation. That is the situation of that nation. That was the situation then. Can we draw parallels to where we are today in this lifetime? Yes, we can. 
We are going through also tumultuous times, also experienced last year a watershed moment. And in the household of Hannah was a family that was uh, very faithful. Every year, without fail, they would go forth to the temple. They would worship God together. But within the household was rivalry, was strife. Because Hannah is the first wife and Penana is the second wife. And Penana being one who has children constantly, year upon year, would provoke the first wife, Hannah. Eee. See, I have so many children, you don't have a soul. So then they were allowed two wives. Today, you're not allowed two wives, okay? You deal with one wife, amen. <laughs> Praise God. And so she was constantly provoking and taunting and irritating Hannah. Now, this is not an easy situation for Hannah because in those times, if you were barren, if you were not able to have a child, you are a disgrace, disgrace to the family. You are a shame to the family name because you are unable to bear a child. And so she was disgraced and she was shamed. Later on in the scripture, when she brought her burden to the Lord in prayer and she was praying to the Lord, she was wrongly accused by the priest for being drunk. And so you find that Hannah in this situation in this, is, is in a situation where she's ashamed, she's disgraced. She's unable to have a child. She is, um, her rival is constantly provoking and irritating her. And she is very downcasted. And not only that, her nearest and her dearest, her husband who loved her so much that would give her a double portion of meat and say to her, am I not more important than 10 sons in your life? This husband that, she, that so dearly loved her could not understand what she was going through. But you know, can we have a reality check for a moment? A reality check is this, that the people of faith do face problems. We do face problems. Faith problems can come in different magnitudes in different forms, it can come as a testing or a trial. And so it's not about the problem. What is important is how we respond to the problem. What is our response? So in this crisis, Hannah demonstrates and models a faithful and exemplary, exemplary response towards the problems that she was facing. The first, the first faith lesson that we can learn from Hannah is to bring your problems to God. So having gone through this situation in face of this crisis, she didn't cope, she didn't retaliate, she didn't try to solve everything on her own. What she did was she went to the Lord in prayer. What is your response when you go through problems? Do you get angry? Do you get frustrated? Do you lash out? Do you retaliate? Or some might even withdraw. But Hannah teaches us in this very important faith lesson, bring your problems to the Lord in prayer. So let's lean in a little more to the scripture and see how Hannah prays. In verse 13, Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. The manner in which Hannah was praying was not loud. So much so that the priest who was next to her, he couldn't hear. So he misunderstood and thought that she was drunk. She was praying softly. She was praying in her heart. She was praying in a whisper. 
And today I want you to be assured that even whispered prayers are heard by a mighty God. Even a whispered prayer uh, is heard by a mighty God. So in all that you're going through, bring it. Bring those problems. Bring the trials. Bring those situations. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. Recently, uh, Kelly is now a teenager. Recently, she asked me a question. And she's allowed to ask. Anybody is allowed to ask questions. She asked me, Mom, how old can I date how old, how old can, how old, is that the right phrasing? Yeah. How old before I can date? And so when she asked me this question, in my head, I'm going, never. In my mouth and my, my disposition, I remained calm. I looked at her, I said, 21. <laughs> 21. And in my heart was a cry to God, God, I'm not ready for this. Help me when the time comes. So a whispered prayer is heard by an almighty God. I want to encourage you that in every season, whether significant or seemingly simple, in every stage of life, whatever that it may be, bring your requests to the Lord in prayer. Present it to the Lord and you will know that your God will come through for you because even in whispered prayers, He hears. Moving on to verse 16 to 18. Let's continue. Read together with me. Open your Bibles, 16 to 18. All right, so what's going on here is that it goes on to say, Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, Go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. When she came to this place of prayer, when she came to the point of an encounter with the Lord, she laid her burdens to God. She laid her burdens to God. She was carrying with her anguish because scripture describes that she was in great anguish. She was carrying with her grief because she had been so grieved for many, many years. She had carried with her anger and all the many, many things that she was going through, she was carrying it with her. But in the time of prayer, in the moment of encounter with God, she laid her burdens to the Lord. How about you and I? When we have burdens in our life, what do we do? We take those burdens and burdens are heavy. Burdens are cumbersome and we bring them to the Lord in prayer. And having had that time of prayer with the Lord, what happens? So oftentimes, we carry those burdens along with us for the rest of the day and the other seasons that we're going through. Let's learn the second faith lesson today. Leave your burdens with God. Leave your burdens with God. Because scripture says this, when Hannah came to the Lord and she came to Him in prayer. She left that place of prayer. She left that place of encounter no longer downcasted. Her spirit was no longer downcasted. She was no longer lowly. She no longer felt sad, but she put her hope, she put her trust in God and she was then burdened, lifted from her, able to go on with her regular life. We should do the same. 
in the burdens that we carry, bring it to the Lord and leave them to the Lord. Leave it to the Lord because the Lord cares for you. You can cast your cares to Him simply because of this. Your God cares for you so much. So let's continue to learn from Hannah to leave burdens with the Lord. Let's move on to verse 19 to 20. So at that point where Hannah prayed and she left that place of prayer, she was no longer downcasted. She did not know how God would respond to her prayer. She did not know what the outcome would be. But we read here in verse 19 to 20 how God responds to her. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying that because I asked the Lord for him, God answers prayers. The third faith lesson that we can learn from Hannah is to place our faith in God. At the point of prayer, she had no idea. She would not know how the outcome would be. She would not know if God would give her a child. But she put her faith in God. And because she put her faith in God, so she could leave all her burdens behind. She could leave the anxiety. She could leave the grief behind. And she go on to enjoy her life with her family, knowing that God, you know what's best for me. Knowing that God, in the unseen and in the unknown, I can place my trust in you because you will not fail me. And when she slept with her husband, Scripture says this, the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembers. And so as you lean in with your prayers, as you leave your burdens to the Lord, as you place your faith in Him, be encouraged. Be encouraged that the Lord remembers you. Will you turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord remembers you. The Lord remembers you. You are not a stranger to Him. You are not just a face in the midst of a mass. You are His child. And He remembers you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows exactly what you're going through. Even when your dearest and your nearest does not understand. Who understands? The Lord God Almighty understands. And He knows. And He will listen. And He will remember you. Now, in this situation, Hannah gets her, her request. She, in that impossible situation... God grants her her request. Her barren womb, barren womb finds life. And that God gave her a son. But it's not always going to be that way. That when we ask of God, that He will give according to what we want. Are we clear about that? Why? If I'm, as a mother, I won't give something to my child if it's not going to be good for my child. That in the same way, our Heavenly Father responds to us, if you ask and it's not good for you, will your Heavenly Father give it to you? Will your Heavenly Father give to you? No, He will give you something better. So know this, place your faith in God. He can say yes in His response to prayer. He can say no or He can say just not now. But know this, that there is no better place but to place your faith in the Lord. 
because he will remember your faithful prayers and answer accordingly. His promise is not to give you what you want. We serve a God, not a Santa Claus. He's not to please us. We are to please him. And without faith, Scripture says in Hebrews, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But when you do please Him with your faith, God will, through anybody who comes to Him and He believes He exists, He will reward those who earnestly seek Him. And so Hannah is rewarded because she placed her faith in Him. I remember even uh, early years when I was uh, going through a second pregnancy with Jaden. Um, first pregnancy, uh, Caitlin had a little bit of, uh, there was a little bit of bleeding and so with bed rest, the rest of the pregnancy was fine. Second pregnancy, the initial stages were good and then comes the third stage, I'm about 32 weeks pregnant and the day after Christmas, I start bleeding fresh blood. And I had a condition called placenta previa. And so placenta previa is when the placenta tears and there is bleeding and there is a, there's a risk on the child. And so we were very concerned. And every day we will be wondering, is this child going to be okay? I went in and out hospital about four times because of contractions, thinking that the child might come and then only to go home the next day and we will delay the delivery. But God is so faithful time and time again. He is a prayer answering God. Time and time again, He's proven that when we bring our burdens to Him, when we bring our problems to Him in prayer, when we leave our burdens to Him, when we have faith in the unseen and in the unknown, every day, Sean will say, I wish we could bring the child out earlier so that I can know this baby is okay. Every day we will be praying and trusting God because in the unseen and in the unknown, we don't know what was going to happen. But our faithful God proved himself to be good. He's a good God. Today, Jaden is, where is he? <laughs> He's there doing his artwork. Jaden is 10 years old. Jaden, jump up, Jaden. Jaden, jump up. He's 10 years old. Stand on the chair. He's 10 years old. He's healthy. He's well. And he's a miracle from the Lord. Caitlin, at 10 years old, went through a trauma situation in school. So there was a teacher that was very harshly disciplining the students in her class. And that caused her to be very affected emotionally. So we found her uh, one day when I went to pick her up. She was in a, like a zone out, not herself. Um, she was like lost and we just, we just knew that something was not right. And she would wake up in the night uh, in, with nightmares. And every morning she would fear going to school because there was trauma. And she was worried that this teacher would continue to discipline them harshly. And so it was a situation where we really need wisdom from God. And again, God proved himself so very faithful that when we bring our problems to him in prayer, that when we leave our burdens with him, and that we have faith in that God will see us through. He will respond. He will answer. And I'm so thankful that she's healthy, she's normal, she's well. She survived that trauma situation and today she's thriving. Amen. Praise God. Can we give a wave to everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yes. She's a pretty girl. Oh, we need to pray. <laughs> so I thank the Lord that he is so very good to us. 
that in all things we can come to him and learn these faith lessons that Hannah learned. We go on to verse 24 for the next faith lesson. After he weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the, Lord, when the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, Eli is the priest. And she said to him, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. And so now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord and he worship the Lord there. Hannah demonstrates a faith lesson that in God she knew her son would have a greater destiny. In God, there is a greater destiny. And so, she, I, I, don't, I don't know how she found the strength, but in her was honor and obedience to God. The Lord, as I have vowed to you, I will honor that vow. As I have promised you, I will stay true to that promise. Now that I have weaned my child, I will surrender my child to you. A woman who did not lose faith or hope in spite of the problems she faced, her persistence and her faith brought a miracle provision because every child is a miracle. A miracle provision that would not just change her life but dramatically change the life of her family as well as the nation. Hannah kept her vow and she placed her son's destiny in the hand of God. She placed her own destiny in the hand of God, knowing that God would have a greater plan, knowing that God will know the purposes that she has for their lives. You know, there is no comfort in this thought. What does the future hold for my children? But there is great comfort and assurance when we know who holds the future for my children. Amen? Who holds the future for our children? God does. Because he has a greater destiny. Samuel is the fruit of Hannah's faithful refusal to be comforted by anything less than a gift from God. Why is Samuel important? Now Samuel becomes that bridge between the old and the new. Samuel, when you read the book of Samuel, the author may not be himself, but the author of the book of Samuel is very clear to try and bring out that Samuel truly is a gift of God. Samuel represents a new thing that God is doing. So we see that Samuel will go on later on in scriptures to play a very, very important role as a prophet. Samuel becomes the first prophet of the Israelites. And he brings them into a new order, into a new season. You see, when you place your destiny in God's hand, you may not know how the outcome will be, but it will be a greater outcome than if you chose to decide on your own. It will be a better outcome than anyone else could decide for you. God has a greater destiny. He goes on to be the prophet to bring David into kingship. So we move from a reign of judges 
So when, we were, when the Israelites were being led by judges, they were, they were disunited. They were in the forms of small tribes. But when King David took throne, then he began to unite the tribes. Then he began to unite the people of Israel. And with that unity came the defeat of the Philistines. With that unity came the defeat of the greater enemy. With that unity came forth a new order, a new world for the Israelites where they became stronger and better economically, politically, as well as religiously. You know, in the same way as a mother prays for the best for her child, I pray that you and I will be a generation that prays for the best for the next generation, knowing that God has a greater destiny. Amen? A year ago, we went through a significant turning point in our nation. And today, let us not stop praying. Let us not stop believing. Let us not stop placing our faith in God because we know this, that in God, there is a greater destiny for our nation. Hallelujah! The other significant thing about Samuel is this, that with the birth of Samuel, God breaks tradition and brings in a new thing. So in the book of Judges, in the way and in the tradition from the time of Judges, the priests would hand over the priesthood from one generation to the next generation. So for Eli, the next generation will be his sons. And his sons will then appoint their sons. But when we find that God intervenes in this season, he appoints a prophet. And the prophet is not in that line of tradition. Samuel is appointed by God. And when God does something, he breaks tradition. He breaks the old. He brings in the new that only God can. Amen? Amen. So let's learn from Hannah in this faith lessons. That when, there are, when there's trouble in face of crisis, in face of problems, bring it to the Lord in prayer. Leave your burdens to God. Have faith in the Lord and place your faith in Him. And then know this, be assured that God has a greater destiny for each and every one of us. As we move on to 1 Samuel chapter 2, and here, having given her son, her only son, she prayed, she asked, she received, she only had him for a short while, and she surrenders her son to the Lord for his use and for an obedience. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 2, you will find a prayer by Hannah. And her prayer begins like this. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. So the fifth and final faith lesson that we learn from Hannah is this. In all that you go through, whether it be the good or the difficult, the mountains highs or the valley lows, or the monotony of certain seasons can be, whatever it is, give all the praise and glory to God. She gave all her praise and glory to God, even at that point when she had to surrender her only son. 
And when she did that, became an outcome, a result that was far beyond what she could ask or even imagine. Later on in Scripture, you will find in chapter 2, verse 21, the Lord blessed Hannah and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. So from a barren womb, from a womb that was impossible, God brought forth miracle after miracle. She went on to have six children. How amazing is our God because He is wonderful and He is good. He leans in when we whisper prayers. Samuel, as in this, in this prayer of Hannah, Alistair Begg, who is a pastor as well as an author, wrote this. After Samuel's dedication, Hannah praised God for hearing her prayers and remember her affliction. The joy expressed by her words was rooted not in her circumstances alone, but in what God had done, was doing and was going to do for His people. Her hope rested in the certainty that God guards the faithful and will triumph over His enemies. Only God who stepped into the brokenness of our condition can minister to aching hearts like hers as He works all things according to His good purposes. Hannah's life illustrates this that God does indeed hear and answer prayers for those who come to Him in faith. Despite the traumas that we face in life and in this world that surrounds us, God will always be there to help. Amen? Amen. Now, I don't know what would have happened had Hannah gone back on her vow. Had she not honoured the Lord? Had she disobeyed the Lord? What would have happened? But I know this. When she chose to let go, as of her son, her one and only son, when she chose to let go of her rights, she let go of her privileges, she let go of the norm. As she chose to let go, then God could come in and do a new thing that would change the nation around. How about you and I? In all that we are facing, in all that we do, are we holding on too tightly to our children? Are we holding on too tightly to our circumstances? Are we holding on too tightly to a relationship? Are we holding on too tightly to money? Whatever it may be, may we choose to be like Hannah, to let it go and let God take control. Let it go and know that God is faithful. That as we bring our problems, situations to the Lord in prayer, as we leave our burdens in His hands, as we place our faith in Him and take assurance that God has a greater destiny. In every situation, you and I will come forth victorious and we will continue to be able to give Him all the praise and the glory. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to learn to be like Hannah in our walk with the Lord. Mothers, you are such an incredible blessing to all of us. And I know that it's not easy to be a mom and we're not required to be perfect, but we want to thank God for you. So today, as we give honour and thanks to the Lord, we want to honour and thank God for you for all that you have sown into our lives, for the invaluable lessons that you have imparted, for all, your, for all your selflessness and love that you have given, we would like to appreciate you.
our youth and children have put together a special presentation. The youth choreographed it and the children will be presenting it. And so to bless all the mothers here in Glad Tidings today, this is specially for you and it's entitled, Because You Loved Me.
to all the mothers here in Glad Tidings, we wish you a Give me a nice curtsy. Let's give them another hand. Wow. <laughs> That's our future of glad tidings and the future of our nation. <laughs> so to all the mothers here, the lyrics of this song says this. In the bridge that you were always there for me. The tender wind that carried me. A light in the dark shining your light into my life. You've been my inspiration. My world is a better place because of you. My mom is here with us this morning. And I want to say thank you, mom. Thank you to all the mothers for your sacrifices, for your love, for your selflessness. We are everything we are because you loved us. And for all that you have blessed us with today, we would love to uphold you in prayer. Today we want to pray that God will strengthen you, that God will pour into your lives exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine. That God will continue to give you the wisdom that you need in loving your children. You know, motherhood never stops. Mothers never retire. Mothers never give up. So we would like to invite all the mothers here to come to the altar so that we can pray with you, stand with you and bless you this Sunday, Mother's Day morning. We just come to the altar as the worship team leads us in worship.